Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. I don't get to say it too many more times here. You know where to find us. Uh, follow us on twitch.tv slash pride of Detroit as well. Every game day, we will be bringing it there. It'll continue into the uh, off season as well, I believe. Maybe a little less frequent, but it will be part of our regularly scheduled programming. You guys have spoken. You seem to really love the Twitch chat. It's like a you know nightly radio show where we can do Pride of Detroit PODcast live, and that will continue. And of course, download on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, aka iTunes, and iHeartRadio. I am Chris Perfett, your for now adequate host. We'll talk about that a little later because I don't think we talked too much of that on the air last time. And we and you can find me on Twitter at Chris Perfett, Chris P E R F E T T, where I talk about uh, random stuff like I guess the Detroit Lions. I can talk, I can talk about the Detroit Lions, and I also have been uh, up on some other. You know what? I, I want to talk about something I've seen on Netflix oh boy. later on the show, but I don't know. We, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna keep it on the Lions here because uh, Chase for Chase is on. It's heating up. Isn't that right? Jeremy Reisman, fearless leader at Detroit on Lion, coming to us live from the beautiful and totally not violence-ridden state of Florida. I wasn't sure if you were ever going to get to me after that (laughs) intro, but I appreciate that you finally did. Yes, I'm in Florida, which is why I might sound a little different. Wow, look at you. And uh, definitely look a little different from those watching us live on Twitch, but uh, here with the same spirit. Look at... Look at you. Look how impatient you've gotten. You cannot wait until you are the host. No comment. No comment. Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about this game for like a hot 10 minutes. That sounds, I think that's that all sounds we really like a little much, but okay. Lions 17, Denver Boncos 27. Uh, I was terrified for a little bit because, once again, Jeremy, the Lions had to do it. They had to make sure that they could say that at one point they led in the fourth quarter in this game. Not, o- not only in the game, and yeah, in the, in the fourth quarter, as you mentioned. And yeah, I mean... Yep. One, they, they had to make sure that stat stayed pristine and had to do that, thanks to carry on John. I mean, I uh, think, Kenny I think my favorite part about this game was that they jumped out to a 10-0 lead, and then everyone who apparently forgot how Lions games went this season were like, oh, God, here they go. They're going <laughs> to actually win a game. Oh, man. 
they're actually going to screw it. Like that, that was my fear though, is like, I do, you know me, I don't like rooting for the tank, but with two games left, Detroit, just, just don't, just don't. I don't think you need to worry about it now. And and yeah, I mean that this is how every single game has played out this year, pretty much except for the last two where the lines, I think injuries finally caught up to him, but they come out, they play pretty well to start. They, they get, you know, the first offensive drive of the game was pretty good. They didn't score a touchdown on it, but you know, the, the, the game plan that Daryl Bevel comes out with always looks pretty strong. Then you get that touchdown from Jamal Agnew, which was nice to see because we hadn't really seen Jamal Agnew um, play very well out of his injury. Um, now he has a kick return and a punt return on the season. Um, a, a, a semi Pro Bowl snub, maybe you could say, but um, showing that he still has value, at least as a special teamer. And then the rest of the game played out as the rest of the season has played out. The defense started sucking. The offense without Matthew Stafford suck in neutral they they did you know kind of catch up play some catch up in in the third quarter which i don't think we can call the third quarter anymore unfortunately i think the fourth quarter has now become the third quarter and yeah yeah the and then, you know they get outscored 14 nothing in the final the stanza end. david blau has nothing left in him because he doesn't have a lot of receivers he's also not very yep. good Philip Lindsay breaks yep. out he's got you know 110 yards on the day i mean the I think that's maybe the one big surprise of this game is that the Lions run defense fell back into some bad habits and was not very good against the I don't think that's a well, pro- I mean, surprise. It, we've been we, we it is that's been their strength, but at the same time I feel like we've been overvaluing that for a but they, little bit. Okay, too. but entering this game they were literally first in yards per carry allowed since week ten. So in the past like five, six games. First, like best. And this was not a good Broncos rushing team. They've been pretty bad this year. So I thought that was a bit surprising. But then when you consider no Christian Jones, no Jared Davis, Jelani Tavai leaves this game very early. And it sounds like with the significant injury, it sounds like he's definitely won't play next week. And who knows when he'll be ready next year. But yeah, and there, there was no, the Lions were not getting pressure up the middle either sure. from their no defense. No Sean Robinson. Either. So like that, that was, that was a huge part. Um, but, yeah. A lot of injuries and yeah. I think they're finally catching up with them. And I, I don't want to spend a ton of time picking this game apart because like I said, it played out like, like most of us no. kind of expected it would. And I don't think there's anything necessarily you can pull from this game that um, will, will tell you something about the 2020 season or, or anything like that. In the end, the Lions lost like I would say a majority of fans wanted them to. Um, they they played hard. If you if you care about that sort of thing, they you know they they don't appear to be trying to tank. Which I, I mean, uh, if you take value from that in any sort of no, way, no. Listen, guys, go guys for are. It. But any, I think most NFL teams don't really try to tank with their on-field performance. Guys are going for their yeah. auditions right now. There a lot of some, a lot of these guys who are B or C rank guys are trying for the auditions to make sure they've got to jump on whatever comes next season or that they're not trade trade bait or whatever have you. They want to make sure that like they're going to be get invited back to the 90 man roster sure. come the summer. So, the, I think that's a lot of it right now is just guys going out there. And I I mean I don't know how much I give to the coaching because again, like this is this is where we're at right now. Uh, the Lion, Lions fans obviously wanted the, this team to lose because that's all you can really ask for at this point. There's no reason to read tea leaves on this because the the leaves are very desiccated, is what I'm saying. It's it's a it's I hate to say this because we only get 16 games and you know 
I, I know there are people out there who want to cherish every game on sure. the NFL schedule, but this was not, this was kind of chaff in the grand scheme of things. You know, we ask, what does this game mean? It means uh, the Lions have locked up a top five draft yep. pick. That's pretty That's much pretty it. Much. I think, and and maybe this is the last thing we'll touch on with the game, because like you said, there isn't, there isn't a lot to pull from this is, um, carry on Johnson's return. I think that was a, a quote unquote big storyline, um, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's, let, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that before we get into, uh, too much of the other stuff are, I'm not a fan of the idea of like throwing him back out there. I saw him like doubled over at one point on the sidelines after taking a pretty nasty hit. And I know in all these guys, the itch burns to compete and fight and get out there. That's not just Detroit. That's not don't don't credit that to the Detroit guy. Don't credit that to the coaching. That's with everyone in the NFL. Every guy wants to get out there and just be an animal on the field. Just be big a big stonk an animal. And Carry on Johnson wanted to be out there. I get that. But at the same time like you you want you want him to get some reps so he looks good going into 2020. You want him getting more comfortable. Uh, the fact that Carryon Johnson's had a few injuries now, you you stu- you kind of sit there and worry a little bit. I know you brought up accidentally, Jeremy, the Amir <laughs> Abdullah comparison. I know that specter is going to yeah. haunt him, so I'm sure he's out there and wanting to be like, "Nah, listen, I want to get my yards. I want to show where I can go next year with this offense." At the same time, though, you have a responsibility as an organization to safeguard that. Because if Carryon Johnson gets hurt again before the end of the year, and it's something more serious that then takes him out for like another year, like that's that's on you. That's on you. You you've got to be you've got to be the control rod here. I mean, if the Lions are fine letting him go out there, then that's their decision. That that's fine. I'd rather not be playing second guessing and come back here another day and then snub on them because you know Carryon Johnson gets hurt or something that's a little grim that's a little morbid there's no reason to do that but again that's that again that's that's my point is like you you got to do what you think is best for for this team and this organization right now and part of that is that question of should Carryon play for me personally the answer was no but obviously someone else felt different yes i felt different um and and to speak to your first point about Carryon Johnson, I mean, you talked about it in, in the past couple of weeks about Matthew Stafford, that competitive nature to just want to be out there to not lose your job to a guy like Bo Scarborough. Um, you can tell that was part of the case with with Carryon Johnson. Carryon's not losing his job to Bo Scarborough. I mean, honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I think I think this isn't a Zach Center no, case. No, honestly. no, 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 no. He is not losing his job to Bo Scarborough. Let me let me throw this Carryon quote out from via Chris Burke. Uh, post game, uh, he says, "Probably the most fun I've had in a year. It was great just to be able to get out, get back out there, be able to contribute a little bit, be able to play, do what I'm here to do." Then he also said regarding his knee, and there was that scare where I think everyone was holding their breath. Um, and he says, "Sneak quote came out good, no worse than it went in, so I can't be mad about that." Um, but let's let's talk about the decision because for for me. I don't care. I think I think it's fine. We're talking about Carryon Johnson now, two years into his NFL career, who's barely played a year's worth of games. Sixteen going into this game, so literally one season's worth of games. There isn't a concern to me for a guy that's not even getting a big bulk of carries in those sixteen games of wearing the tread. The question is, as you brought up, what if he gets a big injury? Well, 
if Carrion Johnson suffers three major injuries in his first two seasons, I think you have to question the guy's ability to stay in the NFL, period. If he gets suffers a Liz Frank injury or tears an ACL in this game or, or the next one, it's not coaching mismanagement. It's this guy might not be made out to be in the NFL. And that's a harsh thing to say about a guy no, that we're see, very just, excited about. But we all we knew this coming in. He was an injury-prone guy. He's a small guy. And if you have to put bubble wrap on this guy every week that a game isn't important, then he doesn't belong here. And I love Carrion. I think as a rusher, he's very good, and he can be great if he can stay healthy. But we can't bubble wrap this guy forever. And if, if I just don't believe there's such a thing as being injury prone, I think every play you play in the NFL is sure. getting into a car crash. It is a roll of the dice. It is a massive roll of the dice. And some guys have the like some you you know like you know we don't have Ryan here, so we can't talk about gambling. But like you you know sometimes, man, in life you just have the worst string of yeah. luck possible. And it's not about anything. It's not a skill acquired or a defect you were born with or anything like that. And I think that's my concern more than anything. It's like, okay, we're just going to keep rolling a dice. It's not going to be the same as next time. It's not that if you roll it more, it's more likely to happen or anything like that. I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> Don't come at me. I'm, I I've failed like every math class. My, 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 my subjects were English and history. So please, please, I'm not, I'm not a stat nerd. Jer I, I leave all that to Jeremy. I'll let you feel. Uh, but like that, that's it. That's it. Like, I just don't think that's possible. So for a guy like carry on Johnson, like I get it. He wants to go out there. He's saying he's having some fun, but guess what? There are some hard decisions you have to make in life. And some of those might be, Hey man, you know what? For you to have fun later on, you have to kind of suffer and not have some of that fun right now. That's a basic tenet in life that sometimes that you, you, you have delayed satisfaction. And that's why when I'm sitting here looking at carry on out there, you know what? I, I, I'm happy for him, but at the same time, I'm holding my breath because I, I think he knows the risks he's running to. Sure. I think he knows the risks he's running to. So, running but again, back. I just wish someone else up there, especially someone else up there would be like, listen, you're fine. We want you in 2020. Just take it easy. You will get yours. And just I, work I, on you. I agree with you to a point on the injury prone thing. I do think it's a label to get throws around, gets thrown around a little haphazardly. I mean, we threw it around for Matthew Stafford in his first two years, and then he went off and was an Iron Man for the next seven. But if you ask an NFL player, there is a certain amount of skill to it. They'll tell you there's a certain way to fall, there's a certain way to take a hit. And especially if you're a running back and you're undersized, I mean, running back is a position where you get beat up no matter who you are. And if you're a small guy, it's tough. It really is. It's tough to to have a running style. Carrion is an aggressive runner. He doesn't shy away from hits. And with that small stature, it can get him into trouble. And so I think, and you, you never want to tell a guy to back off like that. You want a guy who was aggressive. You want a guy who's going to fall forward. But at the same time, if your physical body doesn't fit that kind of runner, you run the risk of being a little more injury prone. And and I hate throwing around that sort of label haphazardly, but this isn't just about his professional career. It's about his college career. He didn't miss a ton of games in college, but he was always batted up and leaving games early and, and things like that. And so, I don't know. I, I just, I think at this point, you, you want him out there. You want him to show a little bit of promise because let's also remember, 2019 has not been a good year for him when he's on the field, averaging under four yards a carry. So this game in which we haven't really even talked about his performance, 
uh, eight carries, 34, or sorry, that's, uh, that's both garbles, 10 carries, 42 yards, uh, and then a catch for, for one yard. Um, step in the right direction for him. Um, I, I just want to see more of him. I, I think he does need the experience because a lot of times you'll hear coaches say the key for a player is not how they perform in the rookie year, but that year one to year two step. And we saw him take a step backwards so far. Yeah, sophomore he's year. he's taking a step yeah. back. And so I would like to see him get a chance to, to take a step forward before that third year. Um, because the Lions need to know if he's going to be the guy for the for, from the future, uh, for the future, uh, or if they need to go running back hunting again. Because, um, you know, it, it hasn't been a good year for carry-on, and, and I would like it to be. And I, I think he has a skill set, but, you know, I, I just want to see him out there. Honestly, I, I place a lot more just on philosophy and how running backs are being used rather than on carry on sure. himself at this point. But I think that's a different question for a different time. All right, coming up next year on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we're going to dive into the mailbag a little early and we're going to talk about the draft order. Draft season, it's here. Jeremy can't escape it. He can't get away from it. We're going to keep doing it. He's got to talk about it. And then later on in the show, uh, some personal news about where the show's going to go in 2020. I really want you to please listen to that. And we will talk probably about what's going to happen in week 17. So stick around. Pride of Detroit POD cast when we come back. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. Mail Mail time, hashtag ask POD. As always, you get your questions in. We're doing the mailbag a little early here on the show. Uh, we're going to get to that here before talking about personal business and Green Bay. But I want to talk about uh, questions we have, Jeremy. And maybe then we also uh, want to talk about some draft stuff. Let's, what would let's you want to hit get up into first? the draft. Let's get it over with. Let's draft. All right. Well, great. I just played the mailbag music and I went mail time and all the rest, but now you want to get yep. into the draft. I see. Throwing, throwing a wrench into yep. everything. Mailbag is this segment, so please bear with us. Um, anyway, so the Lions right now sit third overall in the draft. Uh, they can move up to number two, in which case I think you're pretty much guaranteed Chase Young if you are number two. I think the Bengals, uh, barring any changes in their front office, will probably take a guy like Joe Burrows at number one because I think Burrows' stock will continue to climb because of the combine, because of what I believe he will do during the college football playoffs. Uh, if the LSU Tigers get scuffed 
between you listening to this podcast and whenever, I mean, between me recording this podcast and whenever you listen to it, please disregard. Either way, I think Joe, the Joe Burrows hype because of the Heisman is enough. It will propel him to the number one spot. Uh, Jeremy, my worry is about Washington. My worry is about Washington because I think number three right now is no man's land. I think if you're Washington, you have Dwayne Haskins. You at least that he's not great, but the but they will believe that they ha- can see another year out of him before making any plans. Uh, I mean, obviously, we've seen Washington do dumber things because it's run by the most one of the most incompetent people in all of sports. However, logic dictates they will take Chase Young at number two, and I think the Lions then are, are kind of in a weird no man's land because, and I say that for this reason. I say this because at three, there's not much value versus picking at something like fifth. The problem is, is that it's going to be really hard to find a trade down partner that does not take you straight out of, I'd say, the top eight. It's going to find someone really hard to convince them to move up unless they are like chomping at the bit for a quarterback, but there's not a lot of great quarterbacks besides Joe Burrows in this draft coming yeah, up. Yeah, okay, there's there's a lot at play first. First of all, I want to just take... Like, Tavagaloa's, Tavagaloa's injury right. throws that's, everything out of whack, man, and I don't think Jalen Hurts is that great of a quarterback. Yeah, that's the big part. I mean, a big part is also the teams that are going to be there, like Jacksonville is a team that might be looking for a quarterback. Um I, I I mean I don't know how much they believe in Gardner Minshew. Miami, I don't know what I don't know if Miami is going to go with Josh Rosen or right. if they look for um, someone else. I mean even the Chargers, even the Chargers Arizona could be looking set. for someone to replace Philip Rivers. Carolina. And Carolina yep. and Carolina. So there are a lot of teams there that might be you know they could be bucking each other and, and and trying to 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 move up. So I think in terms of like a trade down option, it's way too early to talk about all this stuff because we don't know who's going to be directed. Them. We don't know what right. Well, I also think I also think it's a terrible idea to trade down. I, I don't think, think it's a one hundred percent wrong there, especially down. when you have a high draft pick. But before we get into all that, like let's talk about where how the yeah. Lions can move up to two. Why they're stuck at three right now? Um, okay. Right now, Washington is obviously they have a worse record at three and twelve. The Lions are at three eleven. Lions won't drop below fifth no matter what happens. Isn't this funny that everything's going to be ruined maybe, by that tie? Or maybe everything is great because of the tie. You never, you don't know, because as a four-win team or a three-win team, they they might, you know, beat out. Cardinals should have killed but us. I mean, we had the chance. If the Lions had won that game, they'd be sitting at fifth right now. Yeah, and and but, okay. Anyways, back to that. Washington has Dallas next week. Now, Dallas is in desperation mode. They they have to win and the Eagles have to lose for them for them to make the playoffs. So they're going to be motivated, but they suck right now. So I think there's a chance that Washington knocks them off. I don't think it's a good chance, um, especially since Dallas is at home. The curious thing to me is that a lot of people in that game today between Washington and, and New York, they were pulling for 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 the Giants to win because, as you mentioned, a lot of them thought Washington might go for a quarterback. They they thought maybe Dwayne Haskins not working out. He looks horrible, but you know I I know we're coming off a a year in which the Cardinals just tossed away their first round quarterback after a year. I don't think Washington joins them in that. And then the other reason is a lot of people said, well, if Washington is going to stay ahead of us, fine, let them pick it second because they have good defensive ends. They're not going to pick Chase Young. Not buying that either. Not buying that for a second. If Chase Young is as good as the people are saying and as good as all the Lions fans are drooling over, 
You think Washington passes on a guy like that? You think Washington passes on the most important position on defense and one of the best prospects out there for the past decade? No. Mm. Their, their defensive ends aren't that good, I promise you. If Chase Young is the guy that, that Detroit Lions fans think is going to turn around their franchise, Washington will take them. Yes. No, absolutely. Um, now, there is always the there is always one bit of fly in the ointment, is that Chase Young... I think he just had to say this because he was at the Heisman ceremony and Ohio State hasn't played in the playoffs yet, but people are asking him about the draft. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going back. You know, my intentions right now are to go back to Ohio State. I don't think that means miss the 2020 draft, though. But there's still that outside chance he goes back to Ohio State. I think he would have very bad advice if he did. Uh, school pride be damned. You need to make that bread, especially in a game like football. I think, but I think it was a wrong time to ask that. The problem is, is that again, I, I hold by that. Someone asking that question at the Heisman ceremony, you've still got one, maybe two games to play before your season's technically over. You can't say that you're bailing right. for exactly. the draft. They still got playoff games. Why would he say? Why? Yeah. If anything, Playoffs. that shows like he's he's pro ready. He knows how to answer tough questions like that. Yeah. From TMZ, like on the fly, like savvy move. Yeah. Yeah, he said that after he realized it was TMZ talking to him as well. So, you know, there's that. Um, anyway, uh, can we go back? There is one more. There is one more um, thing I want to talk about just early on. Since just as, this is yeah. about position. So if Chase Young's not there for the Lions. Um, I don't think there's any other like I would. I think there's some good defensive ends, but I think you find them middle to late of the first round. Like uh, Meadows, um, I forgot his full name again. I apologize. I know there's another guy. There's another edge rusher, outside linebacker from Alabama as well. Espinosa is a guy that um, a lot of people. And Espinosa has been climbing up a lot. Has been getting on a lot of people's radars. I'll be seeing him firsthand when Iowa uh, crushes USC <laughs> in their bowl game. <laughs> so, uh, I think I think there's definitely some value to finding those guys in the first round, but I want to also give you the option about, uh, and I was talking with John Whitaker about this, cornerback. Mm-hmm. Even, especially considering that that might be a realistic possibility given that this, I think it's stupid that this uh, coaching staff is not prioritizing a pass rush and is instead prioritizing uh, their coverage schemes and leaning on their cornerbacks, but if you're going to do that, if you're going to commit to that, you know, and Darius Slade might not be here long term. Maybe you need another uh, even, corner. I mean, yeah, and, even uh, if he is Todd McShay. Todd McShay. Who was? Who did Todd McShay? Because Todd McShay had a corner going to the Lions in his first uh, mock draft. You yeah, have that up, Lions Jeremy? Had the fifth overall pick up? in his mock draft, and they went with Ohio State's corner Jeff Okuda. And I, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't done a ton of research on him yet, but I do think um, it's potentially worth it. I, I I've said it on Twitter cornerback is is not only a huge need for this team, but it's a huge need for everybody. It's hard to get locked down corners and they make a huge difference outside of an edge rusher. I don't think there's a more important position on defense. I think maybe it's a top three position in, in all of football. Go, to me, honestly, quarterback, defensive end, cornerback. Those are your top three positions. So yeah, I think it's, I, I think a lot of people question whether a cornerback is worth a top five pick. And I think it absolutely is whether Okuda himself is worthy of a top three pick. Still debatable, but the need is 
absolutely there. Even if the Lions decide to keep Darius Slay around for his next year, and even if you know they extend him, who's the number two cornerback? You mentioned it off air, Chris. Like this game against the Broncos yeah. showed you that the Lions have an absolute need at, at number two corner, and they have. Yeah, listen, you're getting beat by yeah. Drew Locke, man. I mean, <laughs> with with Darius Slay on the field, you're getting beat Melvin, by Drew Locke. Great start to the year, horrible finish. You know, we're left in Nevin Lawson territory with him. Amani Orari, maybe he showed promise, but he, you know, now that Rashawn Melvin is healthy, he doesn't even appear to be cracking the starting lineup anymore. Um, so, yeah, if, if we're talking Okuda as a possibility, even at three, I think it's there. And then the only other guy I would really talk about based on my own personal knowledge right now is Derek Brown, the defensive tackle, who, I mean, the Lions also need defensive tackles, right? Ashawn might not come back. Um, mm-hmm. You can't rely on snacks forever. Who knows if Deshaun Hand is ever going to be healthy enough to to be the guy that able? It sounds like it sounds like there is still a lot of rebuilding yeah, to that's be done. Why I do not like trading that. down is not a bad option. I know it's probably not likely with this, you know, this regime now. Hey, and guess what? You've also you've also given these guys an ultimatum to be a playoff contender in 2020, so they're not going to trade down. They're going to be looking for stuff to I'm go saying, right and now. I hope too, they don't so. run their team like that. I hope if they get a good offer that involves another first round and maybe another second round, this team has a lot of holes to fill on defense. So yeah, accumulate all the picks you can if you're way up there and your guy isn't there. Totally okay with it. Well, that's not their job in tw- for 2021, Jeremy. Their job is to be a playoff contender no, in 2020. No. Too bad. <laughs> that's that's it once again we're looking at another off season we're like hey look at all these holes we might need some time to fix this and meanwhile we're out here being like also playoff contender in 2020 and Stafford doesn't have much time left the Lions are in an impossible scenario okay um, I do have some questions here I want to take one from the okay. uh, chat from Paul Carlin 79 uh, do we now coach senior Good. ball so here's the senior, you know, here's here's the senior bowl rules. So, uh, National Football League coaching staff coaches the two senior bowl teams each year. The staffs are determined by cooperation with the NFL. The teams with the lowest percentage that season usually get the first opportunity to coach in the game, but only if a majority of their staff and head coach are intact. So let's look at this. So I believe, uh. I think who who's coaching Washington? Well, they fired, right they now? fired co- the um, co- They fired the coach. Gruden. Yeah. They fired Gruden. That's right. Yeah. So they're out of it. But Cincinnati, I think yeah. they're going to keep their head coach. So yeah. I- so they'll have first crack, and then yeah, right after them is the Lions. And I think the question is, is that? Uh, let's see here. Must have a coaching staff. So I don't know if they if they like tell the Lions, hey, you got to send guys there. The Lions could just be Bartleby the Scrivener. I would prefer not to, but. You know, that's it's a it's a real possibility you'll coast you'll coach either I think East or West. There's game. a very 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 good chance the Lions will coach at the Senior Bowl, and and that's a good thing. Yeah, I don't think Patricia. I don't think Patricia will. Yeah, be I mean, coaching. he might. I think. I think. I think he would love to be there. Yeah. So I mean, one hundred. You think so? He'll be. There. Um, okay. Okay. But I mean, the good thing there is like you get to see that. Like I think what you're about to go to, Jeremy. Like you get to see those guys yeah, firsthand. At and the, the Lions did it. And like again, that's not the, the, a lot of guys in the Senior Bowl aren't going to be top top ten picks in the NFL because most top ten picks are not seniors. But there's a lot of guys there who will be going later first round, 
second round, third round, fourth round, and you you get the first yeah. look at a lot of and you guys. get you get a unique look. You get to be able to coach them and see how coachable they are, see what mm-hmm. sort of things they respond to and what sort of things they don't respond to. And you know the Lions had this opportunity back in Jim Schwartz's era, and they got Ezekiel Ansa out of that. Whether that's a good or bad thing, I'll leave that up to you. But um, he was a guy that was I think off a lot of people's radars before. Um, the Lions came in and swooped in and was like, Ezekiel Ansa's our guy. And, you know, he showed promise as to why they made that pick. And he even does a little bit today in Seattle. Unfortunately, the injury stuff is something you can't really predict. But, um, yeah, it's 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 a big benefit. It's something that the Lions will jump at the opportunity of. They just have to lose to the Packers. And then I think they're in. The, 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 although the way you phrased it with the rules is a little interesting because as uh, – you know, the media's hinted over the past week, it does sound like the Lions are going to make a lot of coaching changes on defense. And so I don't know if that disqualifies them. I don't believe it does. Um, but the way you read the rules kind of leaves it ambiguous. No, I, I, I don't think, I don't think, well, I, I don't even think, are they even going to get rid it of It certainly sounds like it, yes. I, yeah. Okay, okay. I haven't heard that, so you're you're breaking that news to me. But like, I mean, still, you're, you're telling the NFL, hey, we're going to be bringing Matt Patricia and Daryl Bevel down there. Um. I don't think they're going to get rid of their special teams guy. It just sounds like maybe Paul might be out the door. And I think at that point you say, yeah, that's most of the staff. Okay. That's a majority. Come on in. It's a big benefit. Okay. All right. I'm going to take another question from ask hashtag ask POD from Twitter. Um, Steakhouse sock leather brass mahogany is sending us this question. It's a picture of Bob Woj, Wojnowski with a bunch of beers on a plane saying, who is Jeremy Reisman? Woj would know. Is that, that actually Wojo? To be Wojo? I don't know where that picture is. Is that a, is that a picture we should be sharing about Wojo? Is he going to be ashamed uh, of that no, picture? No, he's referencing it on his own. Oh, no. He, he tweeted it out, so we're good. Wojo tweeted out that picture. Of, oh, oh, I see. He's even <laughs> contemplating the meaning of life on the plane to Denver for Lions' final road game. I don't feel so good. It's a picture of him with what looks to be a tall boy of Miller Lite and Heineken and at least two other plastic uh, cups on the airplane. Wojo, man. My man. <laughs> Let me see if the stream can pick this up. I don't know if they can. Oh, there we go. It really can't. Um, however, I will, I will pull, I can't, I can't even like rearrange the layout here. So. There you go. Yeah. 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 You can stop now. Um, so who is Jeremy Reisman? You'll find, you'll all find out next year when I'm the host of the podcast. <laughs> Spoiler. Okay. We have a lot of people asking us if Chase Young is there at the third pick. I think we've all said that the answer is def pro 90%. Right, and, no. Even like, even if Washington didn't want him, you have to think there would be a hungry team that would be, that would consider jumping the lines. Cause we, I think at this point, the perception is that the lines would very much benefit from a guy like him. Okay. For Lions Forest on Twitter asking us, if I drive to Detroit for the game, how do I make it worth my time? And can I meet the POD team for drink slash tailgating before the game? Um, if you, I mean, if you really wanted to, I get at the game about two, two and a half hours before kickoff. Um, I'm more than happy to stop by and, and say hi. And, and maybe, I mean, since it's week 70, maybe, maybe have a beer before. Uh, no, yeah. One beer and call nine one. Hey, hey, yes. hey! You're not wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to make it. Tweet. I don't know how to make it worth your while. Meeting me is not 
making it worth your while. I don't think. Um, go go to go. I will say go to yeah. uh. God, what's the wing place called? Go to Sweetwater or and go, go to, to Slows after. Yep. Or I mean, if you like euros like I do, I love hitting up Greek Town. Uh, Plaka is gone. My favorite spot in Greek Town is gone, but I think they put a new place in its place. And those euros there are still my favorite on that Greek Town road. So that's me. Don't look at me like that. I I am dying for years. I went out with my friend here to like a bum place here off of Winnica to get like some burnt euro meat on on a uh, on a pita. I am killing myself for euros around here. There's one good place in all of Los Angeles County for euros, and that's way down in Korea. So the answer to how to make your trip worthwhile. Stuff yourself full of food. Really? I mean, that's... Oh, Hot Taco's on the other side yeah. of Comerica, too. Hot Taco is a great... If you want some tacos or you want a good burrito, like, man, that's a good go. place to go. And there is a decent, like, tailgating party around, like, there itself. I just think you need to have tickets or some bunch of money to get into it. Pay, pay $20 for the Lion's Bloody Mary or whatever it is. If you, but, I mean, um, if, if you are serious nice. about potentially meeting up, just... Shoot me an email. It's on on the website. Yep, yep. Slide into them DMs. Okay, uh, Kurt Steelzy, what's your Lions Christmas stocking look like for next year? Is that like a wish list of what we want in free agency? You you make with the stocking whatever you want it to be, man. Hmm. I. You know, I want a nice little reliable running back that won't get injured every other game. Okay. Um, I want a a pass rushing specialist. I don't care if he's a linebacker. I don't care if he's a defensive end. That that's probably not a stocking stuffer. That's probably more like a huge gift. Um. Yeah. Let me let me scale that one back. I want that slot rec- okay, receiver. Okay, you want your yep, your your slot receiver. Yeah, yeah, slot receiver sounds great. To just throw in there, even if it's just another veteran on a one-year deal. Sure. Just give me one of those. That's a good one. Um, maybe a backup quarterback that doesn't suck. If it's Jeff Driscoll, that's fine. Just a retread. Just regift me something from twenty nineteen. That's yeah. fine. Hey Panthers, regift <laughs> us Will Greer. I want Metal Greer solid. I think we can salvage him. Equip him with a nuclear weapon. Yep. Uh, Okay. Uh, Do you have any more questions? Do you want to save the rest for the next segment? Yeah, we'll save a couple more for the rest of the next segment. And uh, let's see. uh, I'm I'm seeing if there's one more here, but a lot of them is kind of asking stuff we've already covered. Um, oh, here we go. Harry Whodunit, HR Mirage. Should Matty P start smoking Megatron's grass? Did did Calvin Johnson jump in the CBD business he, like everyone else? He's been trying else? for years to get in into the weed game. Is it weed or just I think CBD? He wants to be in the weed game. Yeah. Full weed, full weed, not not just CBD oils and that crap. He wants to full bag at all THC. Okay, I'd buy I'd buy some uh, some good I mean, from him. If there's sure. anyone in the world that needs to chill a little bit, it's Matt Patricia. Like that dude is so <laughs> high strung and just like wants like 
When's it go recreational? Is it is it legal recreationally right it's, now or is it 2020? I don't know. It, it is or it's close. Yeah. And and then gambling is legal too. And oh yeah, we're gonna get sports. Like that was yeah. the big news this week is Michigan's legalizing only sports gambling. Ryan was on the podcast. He would have a lot of. If only Ryan was on the podcast, huh? Huh? Wonder how that works. That Ryan's just never here when we start talking about gambling. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, go getting drunk in Grand Rapids or anything like that. He's just not here. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. All right. We will be right back here on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. A couple more questions and uh, very personal news coming up here. Please, I, I referenced it last time. I would like you guys to uh, stick around to hear it uh, when we come back on the Pride of Detroit PODcast. And we are back on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, There is some big news for the Pride of Detroit podcast. We're going to talk even more about it next week. Um, I know this is very sudden news. We were kind of alluding to it on the last podcast we did in the middle of the week. I've been alluding to it on uh, social media. I know, Jeremy, you sent something out from the Pride of Detroit account as well because we were still seeing what the decision was at the time. And unfortunately, I think some of those decisions got taken away from us. Uh, Starting on the 1st of January, 2020, I unfortunately will not be, no longer be your adequate host of the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Um, I won't even be on Pride of Detroit at all after that point. That's not a decision Jeremy made. He's not firing me. Cool your britches. Um, That's not, it's a decision Vox Media, who's the owner of SB Nation has made. Uh, based solely on my residence in California, it's for everyone in California. Um, this affects our California resident, uh, California communities a lot more, like the Raiders blog, Chargers blog, uh, UCLA, USC. A lot of people are just because of a change in California labor laws that Vox doesn't want to try to work around. Uh, they've just decided that everyone who gets a paycheck from them which includes me, is uh, being told that they have until the end of the um, January to either figure out if they want to continue unpaid or if uh, you just want to go take a hike. And as much as it's been fun for me to just sit around and you know joke with these guys, and uh, for many for a couple of years I was unpaid. It's the podcast is at a point and it's of its income where it, that's just not feasible, unfortunately. Um, we might see about some reclassification. I don't know, but I mean, plans are right now. Long, I, I will at the very least be taking a hiatus. Uh, how are, how long that hiatus lasts? Be it a few months to a year, uh, if they change the bill to maybe forever. Uh, I would be lying if I said that I was really eager to come back to SB Nation after they've done me dirty like this. Uh, but we're going to. But SB Nation's a family. I mean. Not SB Nation, fuck those guys. Uh, Pride of Detroit is a family. Pride of Detroit is a family. Uh, you really don't want to ever kind of leave your family. And we will talk about it more on the next uh, and final for me, Pride of Detroit POD cast. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to make this about myself. I see Twitch chat. Um, 
there really is nothing I can do about this. We've tried, people have told me about a couple workarounds they thought. I've been told SB Nation Vox's lawyers will be looking out for any kind of trickery I try to pull. Um, they've shut us down completely. So uh, Jeremy will be taking the sword from me as I wander off into the wilderness and become pride of Detroit in exile. Uh, starting on the first. So um, Jeremy also loses his one copy editor who just doesn't disappear on. <laughs> okay. Games, okay. So. Let's not throw everyone under the bus here. Um, but I'm not the, the, the one thing that remains a possibility. And if, if you're familiar with the California labor laws, it's that um, Chris is allowed 35 uh, submissions per year, essentially. Um, we're, we're not sure if, if Chris is going to, to do that. It's obviously all in his court, but what, what, whatever no, that means um, at this point is, if Chris wants to stay along, he can be part of the podcast sometimes, but not the permanent host anymore. Yeah. Unfortunately for me, for my professional sensibilities, that's not, um, that's not something that's acceptable to me. Uh, considering this is my podcast, I built this up from, you know, Jeremy and pride of Detroit. You've been a big part of it, but like, I mean, this was, I started this four years ago. I think I said off the air, yet last week like i i've this is um this has been something that's outlasted like a bunch of i i haven't had a job more than like 17 months this has lasted longer than that um let's see i i I know i know people are saying just don't do it in the off season man i I miss out on so much fun in the off where we get wacky we i'm gonna miss out that's where we that's where we get wacky that's where we do our list cast not only that like how, how many years we do every time we go around the draft, suddenly it's like a massive sprawling party, um, you know, where we have like eight people in here on this podcast. Or, I mean, it was going to be in Vegas this year. So, I mean, it's there. There's some bitterness on my part. I'm still not over it yet. I got the news last. Um, Just under a week ago. Uh, yeah, yeah. Six days ago. So I'm still processing everything. Um, I would be lying to say that I'm taking it professionally. Uh, I'm not taking it professionally. I'm screaming and I'm kicking and I hate everything. And I've yelled at more than a few people and I've cried on on the last Twitch stream that we did uh, between between segments. So again, I don't want this. I don't want this to be about me. This podcast uh, deserves a lot more than just me but at the same time uh my aspirations are to be very big i i want to i i i make it no lie that ever that since i started podcasting i've wanted to have a radio show i've wanted to be on air every day talking to people about sports and especially detroit sports um and if this starts to stick in that way i have to figure out what comes next and that's just the way of it. Um, I know I was talking with Jeremy about plans for maybe starting my own podcast. I know that's a rough ask because it's basically doing the same thing if I suck around here working for free to try to maybe make some money back. But um, yeah, no, long story short, though, the, the point that you guys need to understand is that Pride of Detroit PODcast will be fine. Uh, we'll find some new hosts. Uh, Jeremy is still going to be writing the ship. I will be advising him from afar, but um, the swordsman wanders off into the desert, and uh, who knows when he'll be back <laughs> to save the kingdom. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, the haters, the haters win. The haters win, Jeremy. I'm banished. <laughs> they win just for now. And you know what? It, it's it sucks because this this should be the haters, you know, victory lap right now. The Lions are three eleven and one. <laughs> 
you know what? No one cares enough about me to be a hater. And that's the most damning part of my career is that there's not enough people dancing on my grave right now. There should be people. I should have people hating me so much that there should be people out there. It's like, good. I'm glad California screwed you over. I'm glad Vox has got the, the message to show you the freaking door. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Between this and uh, pissing off apparently one publication last week, uh, yeah. I'm on a banner roll right now. So I'm not going sure out if you'll be able to come back um, with all the bridges you're burning. <laughs> there won't be a path to take. I'll 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 build new bridges then. I'm I'm good with my hands. Pause. Um yeah, no. We'll 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 keep it together and I'm still going to stay in the orbit of Pride of Detroit. Um there'll be a lot of help off scenes uh that make sure this particular POD cast continues on. And for me, uh stay tuned and I hope Jeremy will help amplify uh amplify whatever I work on because uh I want to keep I want to keep those ties straight and keep that family POD's together. Family, bro. Um yeah, the nice thing about it is I've kind of made a weird kind of network out of some people who are also being impacted by this. Uh, I know from Fox Sports Radio, I've got a shout out to my friend Jonas Knox, who's giving me some great advice in these trying times and uh, has gone through a lot of his shit to get to where he is on the radio. So, uh, you know, it's and Jonas was on one of our podcasts, you know, that was a really very fun one to do. And I know some other guys from Fox who had seen our numbers and who saw like what we were doing and the fun we were doing. were wanting to jump on the show as guests, but um, I'll make sure they get their way to Jeremy unless they are uh, certain people that piss off Jeremy talking about the line. No comment. No comment. No Rob Parker. Uh, no Rob. Parker. Yeah, no, I mean, if there's anything, all those dumb fast yeah. and furious movies have taught me, it's that family above everything. It's all about family, family, family above. And this is, this has been a family like, uh, I don't think just random people working on a blog would have carried my drunk <laughs> ass back from founders and the Grand Rapids Griffins game after I had like a, probably a dozen $2 beers, uh, a devil dancer sandwich, which caused me to crap fire <laughs> for three days. And I don't know how many other dirty bastards we had there. Uh. Um, a shout out to beast F ball who saw all and, and uh big slick McDick parts of the, of lion's Twitter who saw all of that. They saw all of that. I was in a worse, bad way. In there. Good times. Um, shout out. Grand yeah, I'm sorry. We've gone 10 minutes on this. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this right now. We've still got one more podcast. I want to, I want to live, live vic- vicariously. And I know you're here to talk about, people are here to talk about the draft. Jeremy, we got to talk about the draft, not about let, me. Let, let me, so let me pitch Lions, this to you. Yeah. Let's shove this segment into the yeah. third segment and then open up a new segment as segment two, okay. where we talk about the draft. Well, do you want to do the second half of this segment? Just talking about green sure. Bay then green Bay. And maybe, maybe and I, I, there's a fair amount of SPODs on Twitter. Yeah. We're getting quite, are, yeah. are we getting quite a More bit? Than I expected. Okay. Okay. Well, like two minutes, two minutes on pride yeah. on green Bay. Uh, green Bay is good. <laughs> they will kick our asses. Um, unfortunately. And, uh, I mean, guys, they, they've got 11 wins on the year, man. Like, I know everyone was kind of poo-pooing that. Right. Holy well, crap. And here's the other thing that is going to suck either way is Green Bay hasn't played yet this week. They're, they're playing the Vikings on Monday night. If they win, if they Monday win, they clinch night. the division, which makes you think maybe they won't play for anything in week 17, but they're really still going to be in the battle between the 49ers 
they don't need to play that and, and, hard. Well, yeah, <laughs> not only that, but either. they're still going to be fighting for for a potential buy. They're going to be fighting with the the Niners and um, the Saints for a bye week. Um, so if they if they drop a game, they risk that. If they lose to the Vikings, they're obviously still fighting for the division. Um, so either way, the Lions are going to be fighting a motivated Packers team, which means they'll probably lose. And as we discussed in the previous segment, wink, wink, um, that means the Lions aren't going to be picking any lower than three if they lose. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it. I hate to say it because it's Green Bay and bleep those guys, but it's, it would behoove the Lions to just, like, I'm curious, Jeremy, what the crowd will be like at Ford Field. I mean, obviously, I think it'll yep. be a lot of cheeseheads in the stands, but I'm kind of curious how many Lions fans will come in because this isn't Buccaneers and Lions. This isn't a pit of despair. This is the final game of the season. This is your last chance to see the Lions at home. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah, a lot of people aren't playing, but it's also an NFC North game and it's a send-off. For the, I, I'm curious how the, how the stands will react. I, I don't think that well. I don't think people are very sentimental. People are going to have a lot of good memories of the 2019 Detroit. I think it's going to be a lot like the Cowboys game. I think it's going to be a majority of Packers fans. It's going to get loud when they do good things. And in the rare instance in which the Lions do things, it's not going to be that loud. It's going to be a bad environment. We'll probably still see some guys with sell the team signs because those guys are stupid and don't read the news. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, It's going to be an ugly environment. It's not going to be fun for Lions fans, especially since they're probably going to get blown out. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I, one thing I'm curious about is what's going to win out in the individual Lions fans mind, their hatred of the Packers or their desire to get the a top two pick. Because I, I mean, you ask, you ask any normal Lions fan, especially one like on Lions Twitter, FTP is like their, their, their motto, no matter what happens, fuck the Packers. And so is Sandman Line still in the chat? I really want to know because I know he's like a season ticket holder and he joins us on this POD cast uh, yeah. with chat quite a bit because I, I, I'll i follow his lead on this because for me, the way I'm thinking here is me as a Lions fan, I'm a messed up one, but like, man, we'll have two more chances to kick the Packers' Maybe, asses but next I, year. I think, I think if the Lions were to somehow pull off the upset, it would soften the blow considerably since it would make Packers fans very mad, especially if they lost the division because of it. I think I think the Packers lose in the first round Ooh. anyway. I'd rather see a competent team take them out. All right. Like they're good. Like who who would they play in the fir- like depending on how that goes. So let's I let's mean, assume no, that I, So what would they need to get that first round by? Man, I don't you're putting me on the spot. I don't want to talk win about Packers then, playoff scenarios. Yeah. What are we Acme Packing no, company? I'm just, I'm just I'm curious. <laughs> no, we're better than those guys. I don't know if they win out. They probably. I'm pretty sure they have a first round by, so they have to beat the Vikings Monday night and beat us. Yeah. I'm looking. Sorry, I'm looking at the. Uh, let's see here. I'm looking for the NFC North things. Uh, wins tiebreaker over New Orleans. I think San Francisco is still. I think. I don't know. Um, <laughs> whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I I didn't do the research beforehand, so this is this is something we should have thought about and done. No, some we research don't care about the Packers. You know, adequate. 
the last bit of adequacy <laughs> you will have here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. No, I think the Packers, I don't think they can get a first round buy unless Seattle just falls on its uh, face. Well, I, I think, think you mean San Francisco because Seattle um, did fall on their place today. <laughs> San Francisco, San Francisco. I did. Wow. I, I was wrong. There is more adequacy <laughs> here. Um, but no, I mean, the, 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 the 49ers did beat the Packers, so I think they have that tiebreaker okay. over them. And then I don't know. With the, if it's so a three-way tie, they're with right the now thirteen. They're thirteen and th- the pack. The the forty niners are thirteen and three. And three. Yep, there's another adequacy. Yep, twelve and three. Twelve and three. Yeah, wow. Yep. Damn, damn. I am flaming <laughs> out hard. Uh, so yeah, if they lose next week and then they lose, if the forty niners lose to the Seahawks and the Packers beat the Lions, which is going to happen, uh, yeah, I guess they they jump to number one. But I think. <laughs> Uh, New Orleans. Oh, there's so many tiebreakers that we don't know right what? now because it's a three-way tie. There's all that. Okay, New Orleans gets even more crazy because they they don't have a head-to-head. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like my point was, how much can the Lions really screw this up? I'm just trying to figure out when, when, and where the Packers die in the playoffs because they will die spectacularly in the playoffs. The NFC is too stacked right now for a team that imperfect to go anywhere without a little bit of luck and a little bit of Aaron Rodgers magic. And my man is getting too old to keep pulling out magic. I love him to death, but wait, honestly, wait, wait, wait. man, Did you just say you uh, love maybe, Aaron Rodgers to death. Listen, you're off, I'm, no, you're I think he's a beautiful, right he's a, you're gone. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Constrictor 14 green Bay gets the second seat. If New Orleans loses next week and green Bay gets one more. win. okay. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you, Constrictor. Uh, thank you for redeeming my adequacy there. I guess we'll stay on Green Bay for a second. Mark Urban at M- Urban, uh Video on Twitter asks, why should I watch next week? <sighs> um, can I tell you an alternative? You know, you know what? Why you should watch? I'll tell you why you should watch. You should be watching The Witcher oh, on Netflix. Uh, eight, eight episodes <laughs> dropped. Uh, it's fantastic. I'm a huge fan, of course, though. I'm a fan of the video games. I'm a fan of the books. Uh, Henry Cavill, his acting is uneven at first in like the first three episodes, but stick with it. It gets good. It gets creative. Don't listen to the Entertainment Weekly review that's whining about sex and nudity because that's like half of part of the we- weird Witcher's sword and sorcery appeal. It has some very strong characters. Yennefer, one of my favorite guy at Netflix actors, Mahesh Jahu, is in it, and he once again plays a proper bastard like he did in Marco Polo. Uh, I crammed it down in like less than two days, and honestly, I'm trying to approach a friend about maybe trying to write a review on it for a website. Uh, you should be watching that. As for the Lions game, I can't help you. <laughs> I can't. That is that is between you and your your god and or other being in the Empyrean. There you go. <laughs> Watch The Witcher. All right. Uh, all right. From uh, Can't Stand Ya on Twitter at Lions Twit SP asks, in an effort to stay positive, what are some of the good things we've seen this season in regards to the future? I feel like later in the season we've discovered some good rushing talent in Bo Scarborough, where he could easily be RB two next season. Yeah, listen, I think Bo Scarborough is uh, one of the better finds. I, I I have reservations he will continue to do it next year, as we've seen with a lot of other Lions running backs. But out of everyone, he's shown. I think he's shown more promise sure. than Zach Zenner. Not gonna, not gonna lie, like I think Bo Scarborough, because of the college he comes from, because of. 
sorry, ESPN started playing a video, so that's going to go into the podcast. I'm sorry. Um, wow, that's my professionalism out the window too. Uh, listen, Bo is, you know, he was an Alabama. He's an Al- running back from Alabama. Those he, they recruit stout guys over there. He's showing himself to be very productive. Uh, I can't think of too many. I'm trying to think if the Lions picked up anyone good on defense that uh, we saw this year, Jeremy. Was there anyone in your mind that stood out? Because the the name I immediately go to is Bo. Yeah, it is. I mean, like, both. Uh, I mean, Amani or JD McKissick was okay, but I didn't really. I don't. I think. I think I Amani Oruarie showed some promise this season. He showed some promise. Yes, once. Uh, Rashawn Melvin got healthy. He kind of took over the starting job again. Um, Orari had a rough game against the Bucks, so I, I understand it a little bit. But um, I didn't see him out there a lot this week. I'll be interested to see the snap counts against the Broncos. Did you? Uh, you you are more of an offensive line guy than I ever will be. Did you? Were you impressed at all by Ode Abushi or uh, Tyrell Crosby um, this year? Abushi, not really. He didn't get enough snaps to to really. Impressed. I, I couldn't tell you how we performed against the Broncos because uh, I, it's too hard to tell. Yeah. I'm, I'm watching on a stream that may or may not be allowed, and the quality wasn't great. Uh, but uh, Tyrell Crosby is, I think, performed pretty well. I think he's a potential answer for right tackle next year if the Lions move on from Rick Wagner. Um, the the other, I mean, let's talk about the other tackle. Let's talk about Taylor Decker. He's been a top five PFF mm-hmm. left tackle actually just offensive tackle, left tackle or right tackle since about week seven. So we're talking like six, seven, eight straight games where, where Taylor Decker is playing kind of out of his mind and no one's really noticing. Um, so I think the tackle play has been a little bit better than, than we've been gri- giving it credit for. The sack numbers look bad because David Blau holds onto the ball for freaking ever. Um, but uh, I wow. would say, I would say the offensive line kind of looks good right now, which is, um, which is nice to say they, they probably need another guard it is. It has finally come together. They've stopped chopping and screwing with it, and like constantly rotating people. So that's, you know, I think I think we've finally seen some progress. I just hope that that progress isn't reset to zero yeah. next year. All right. Uh, last question. Um. Yeah. No. Let's take a break here. When we come back, we'll get into the mailbag proper and talk okay. about draft order, draft season. The draft is here. You won't have me to lean on. You will have to take responsibility, Jeremy, and do draft episodes in January. Get Kent here. He'll help you carry it. I never thought this podcast would have you singing. Also, final note, I I do have to kind of hang my head in shame in uh, how much I poo-poo on Danny Amendola. He's been good this year. And unfortunately, I don't know if he'll be back next year, though. Sure. That's the problem. Who knows if he'd watch? He once, he once again slots into that weird role of like, hey, Stafford has this slot wide receiver who's like a veteran who's just savvy enough to... I would love if we get one of these guys like Danny Amendola or um, uh, who is the guy... I always forget his name from 2016. Um, originally from the 49ers, the guy who was playing slot receiver in 2016. Um, chat help us out I'm my brain's not working anymore uh, God, I'm trying to I'm I'm dying here man I'm dying here uh, he was from San Francisco uh, <laughs> he did a lot of work uh, Anquan Bolden Anquan Bolden 
So I want, I, I'm just saying, can the Lions get someone like Anquan Bolden or Danny Amendola, but like get them early from like, maybe from like the draft or something? Because if they got a guy like that at a young career age and not on these one year about to ride off into the sunset deals, Matthew Stafford would be set, man. He would be so set. That that I've talked about this, Jeremy, now for three years. That weapon in the slot, if it is good, that is all Stafford needs. You just he is so effective when he has a good guy in the slot. Yeah, like, you're not wrong. All right, I think that's going to do it for us on the Pride of Detroit POD cast. Uh, thank you guys very much. We're gonna have one more in the year. Um, it's gonna be bittersweet here for me because of uh, everything that's been going on, but. Uh, Thanks, everyone, sticking around. I'll save the waterworks and uh, deeper meanings for another day. Uh, See you, Starside. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts.